Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. It is a Thursday get-together here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. Uh, we got two good guests coming your way. We'll give you details on that in just a second. We got a game coming your way on Sunday. Got to fly to the West Coast to take on the Rams, and we'll get uh, into that matchup as well. Uh, but first things first, uh, like John McMullen, who travels over the bridge to South, to South Philadelphia often, to get his Eagles work in. I did the same last night to watch the Phillies get some work in, eliminating the Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins, the Marlins, the fish, call them whatever you want. What they are this morning is a dead fish. After the (laughs) Phillies swept them out in two games, easy victory last night, 7-1. They're dueling aces. And yeah, I get to pat myself on the back a little bit here because I've been calling an Aaron Nolan ace for years and he didn't pitch like an ace this year. I, I got to give it up. Can't can't fake it. Can't hide it. ERA well over four. That's not ace-like status. Oh, he looked like an ace last night. Johnny Mack, he was just stone-cold dominant. Off-speed stuff. Knuckle curves. He went heavy to the knuckle curve last night. So I was in the house. And uh, you got to give it up for Phillies fans. When the Phillies are in important games, mostly playoffs, but even good late regular season games, they can rock Citizens Bank Park like I, I would say any other stadium in all of baseball. It, it's borderline football-like. And yeah. we know the NFL gets more jacked up than any other sport, but it, it feels like you're at a football game when you're at a Phillies playoff game. Yeah, I think it's a bigger advantage for the Phillies, too, than the Eagles because football players are used to dealing with it. It's a huge advantage for the Eagles, but football players go into – 
horrible environments all the time. They're kind of used to at least more years. It's not fun, but they're more used to it. And you've seen what home field advantage has meant to the Eagles in their two recent runs to the Super Bowl. So it's very, very meaningful. But I think it's even more meaningful in baseball because those guys aren't used to it. And they they really get rattled. I'm talking about the players, the opposing players. They really get rattled by it, I think, more than, um, you know, not that NFL players can't, again, it, it's shown up in the past, but I think it's just, it, it's a it's a bigger disparagement from baseball to football because, yeah, they come in here and they're like, what the heck is this? Um, and it's, it's, it's a huge advantage for the Phillies and they've taken advantage of it, uh, the last season, this season already, um, they're up against it, you know, talent wise against in the, in the next, uh, series, but I don't think Atlanta wants to come here. They better get it done down there. Uh, you better take advantage of your situation and, and the Phillies, by the way, you'll be able to see it. Because Atlanta is not going to be like Philadelphia. It's not. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, oh, the difference the... between the two parks. Yes. 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 Uh, they got a good like... crowd. I, I'll, I'll give it later. Uh, it'll be better stadium. because it's the playoffs and everybody gets amped up in the playoffs. But it's not going to be like it. It's, it's going to be easier for the Phillies down there than it is for Atlanta up here. Is well, you have the Phillies who are here as far as crowd reaction, home attendance, loudness in the ballpark, and then you have the Tampa race. They had 19,000 people yeah, well, in their first playoff game. That's a Yankees town. That, uh, that's, that's just barely over half full for a playoff game. You couldn't get there. I did this the other day on the, uh, on the air on CBS. Uh, ESPN, when they put their schedule out, they give you – the team, the pitching matchup, the time, the broadcast outlet. And then the last column is tickets available. So they got to deal with some secondary market. It could have been stuff. Yeah. I, I don't even know who it is. But they give you the least expensive price for a ticket that you can get on the secondary market. The Rays were like $11. Yeah. The Twins were like $9. The whoever the hell was the other oh, uh, Diamondbacks in uh, uh, Milwaukee was like $28. The least expensive seat you could get at Citizens Bank Park, 145 bucks. Yeah. 8, yeah. 11, 23, 145, which it's means a, you're it, not it, getting you know, a ticket unless you're willing to blatantly overpay. And it's a shame because at Tampa Bay's got a really good team. Um, I've had a really good. I mean, I was just there uh, for the Eagles. You know, you go down uh, uh, the parkway. I forget the name. Uh, Dale Mabry. Dale Mabry um, Boulevard. Been down yeah, Dale Mabry, Dale Mabry Boulevard. You know, Steinbrenner Fields there. It's, you know, that's where the Yankees train. They don't even own their own town. Uh, and they have a very good team. It's they don't play in the town. They play across the causeway. Petersburg. But, um, uh, you know. It's all the same area. That's like South Jersey fans or e Eagles fans, by and large. Um, so it's all the same area drawn from the same people. But, yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, and, and we always talk about it. It is. And I think the Eagles enjoy the little respite, to be honest, when, when the Phillies make a run uh, because there's so much emphasis on them at all times. I think they – 
they enjoy taking a little breath uh, when when some of us, the media, moves over to the Phillies and and the Phillies become the lead story for a little while. I think they actually enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it's tough to play in in Philadelphia, and and you've seen it with the Eagles, and I think it's even more so uh, with the Phillies. And I would even say the Sixers when the playoffs start. Um, that place gets rocking. Um, it's just a really, really difficult place to play. And hockey hasn't been great recently, but the Flyers as well, when they're good, uh, which hasn't been a while. It's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of passion in this city. I, I don't think when it comes to sports, I don't think anybody's going to deny that. And it was on full display last night, last week, last year. And opposing manager said to Rob Thompson uh, after coming in to play the uh, Phillies in the playoffs, it was like four hours of hell. It was a beauty of last night. Four hours sandwiched into two hours and 30 minutes. Nola was so good and so effective and blowing through them that I, I was home well before midnight last night. I made good time getting out of the Yeah, it's nice. Uh, you know, uh, those before the pitch clock and those old Yankees Red Sox games that would take 17 hours. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's nice to get a, a sped up baseball game every once in a while. And Nola contributed to that. And one last note, and then we'll get to the Eagles. We promise guys. Um, guy I was really happy for last night was uh, Bryson Stott. He is just uh, uh, the kind of guy you want to root for. Phillies have done very well at bringing in guys from other teams, Schwarber and Harper and Ariel Muto and Castellanos has come up big this year. But when homegrown guys and and Wheeler, uh, maybe the biggest of them all, well, Harper, but then Wheeler, um, homegrown guys get it done. There's just a little added pleasure to it. And Stott against a left-handed pitcher going yards, only the second ever postseason grand slam for the Philadelphia Phillies. I didn't know that. My daughter showed me a tweet of it last. I said, you're kidding me. Shano's uh, tweet back in 2000, uh, grand slam in 2008, the only other one, Phillies postseason history. So I was especially psyched for uh, Bryson Stott. That was a hell of a shot. And you talk about Rock. Yeah, that was no doubt about it. As soon as it came off the bat, you knew it. So that's always fun when you see something like that. Uh it really just, um, you know, the place erupted. And I saw the one clip, the, the one clip with where they took out the, I think the Phillies put it up. They took out the, the play-by-play. It's even better because you hear, just you hear the song, the crowd, yeah, the crowd noise coming up, and then you hear it's even better. Nothing against the guys doing the game. But, uh, yeah, baseball's fun in the playoffs. You know, sometimes it's not fun. I used to be a big, I know you're a huge baseball guy. You're baseball first, and obviously your dad. I was a huge baseball guy growing up. I kind of gone in a different direction because I'll be honest, I don't like the way the game has gone compared to the way it used to be. But when you get to the playoffs, you get to the drama, um, it's still got it's still got that same juice it, it always had. When you're high-fiving people that you don't even know, just happen to be sitting next to you in the stadium, you know you're at an event, and uh, I was lucky enough to be at that event last night. So congrats to the Phillies. Bring on the Braves. Braves were better than them in the regular season last year. They took them out. They can do the same exact thing this year. So, uh, yes, uh, we are Birds 365, and we talk football about 98.7% of the time. There's your 1.3%. <laughs> for the next couple of 
We may mention the Phillies again next week when the Braves and Phillies get underway. Johnny Mack, you were in South Philly earlier than I was. I didn't get down there until late afternoon to be ready to go to the game. You were down there early afternoon to see an Eagle practice, an actual full practice. And they got a uh, new participant, Mr. Roby, jumping right in and getting some reps. How do you look? Well, yeah, we only get to see individual work, but I, they, you know, there's a couple hints. One, number one, they gave him a locker on the outside, uh, a permanent locker. A lot of the practice squad guys uh, have lockers on the inside, which are movable. And they have wheels on them. Um, so that's an indication that they expect him to be here uh, long term. And this is, um, you know, nothing's guaranteed because he can um, get ready, get up to speed, not perform well. And I've said from the start that I don't think it precludes Howie Roseman if something comes up by the trade deadline to go in a different direction. But this is the plan, and it's a veteran player who knows how to play. I think that's important, especially with this scheme that we always talk about, Jody. Guys who know how to play is very, very important. And that communication aspect. So I think he'll be an upgrade from that perspective. You know, he didn't play that well in New Orleans last year, 10th NFL season. So you have to worry about, you know, how much is left in the tank. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I mean, the bigger impact to me is, you know, it's pretty clear. The Eagles know they got to get Bradbury back outside. Um, Okay. They might need one more game. um, But they got to get him out where he's most important and where he's best. And I think even James, James is a great guy for those who haven't met him, a team guy. He'll do anything you ask, but even he, he wants to be outside and he should, I mean, um, he's an all pro player. So, um, so here's the question. If Roby isn't ready to go, and I see Johnny Stolnes ready to jump in and join us, we'll get him up here in just a couple minutes. Um, if uh, certainly Roby isn't ready to go, which maybe he can uh, intake all this information and get enough just practice reps in that they feel comfortable enough to play him. I, I think that would be asking a lot because, as you just noted, John, communications is so important here. And he, he's certainly a veteran. He might be a smart guy. But there's nothing like being out there with guys actually doing it. So you're going to have limited reps at best. So if I were a bet man, I'd bet he's not ready to go this week. So if that's the case, if Sidney Brown is not ready to go, and I'll get the practice status from him, from you in just a second, but Justin Evans is, do they move Evans down to the slot and go with Edmonds and Blankenship at safety for the majority of the game? Or do they still have Bradbury for most of the snaps? I the think slot? they try to to power through with with what they have been doing. Um, and if Sydney's not, and by the way, I think Sydney he he was limited yesterday on Wednesday, but I think that's a good sign. Uh, Justin was full, so um, I think he's going to play, no doubt about it. But um, I think they'll power through one more game with the, what, what they have been doing and maybe even Goodrich gets back involved on in the short term because of, of the type of receivers the Rams have versus what the Eagles have been facing. Um, but you even saw it a little bit against Washington because they have Curtis Samuel and they still went the way they went. Um, 
So I think they'll power through one more game with Bradbury uh, doing most of the work, um, Job outside, and then try to get uh, Roby up to speed for the Jets. And I think then they're off and running with with what they want. Um, and that's James back on the outside, legitimate slot cornerback. You got Mac and Mac here. We're going to continue to talk about the slot and the matchup against the Rams with our next guest, Johnny Stolness from Bleeding Green Nation and I on the Enemy podcast. Going to jump in with us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. That's right. We're talking Eagles today on Birds 365. We did mix in a little Phillies, and our next guest talks both Eagles and Phillies when he's podcasting his life away. doesn't matter whether it's hit, Caesar, <laughs> eye on the enemy. John Stolness is talking Philly sports. 
Uh, not a bad effort out of the Phillies last night, right, Stolmas? No, we are living right right now. I'll tell you what. Talk about a team firing on all... We've got two teams firing on all cylinders right now. Nah, maybe not all cylinders for the Eagles, but a lot of the cylinders. Enough of them anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles, higher expectations. Amazing because the Phillies are in the middle of the run, but yeah. the Eagles got to be perfect, John Stolmas. Perfect. I know. Nothing less um, than acceptable. Yep. Yeah. Two teams are 4-0. Um, one of them is the Eagles. But, yeah, since you went down that route... Um, what what is your biggest issue with this team so far? It could be on either side of the ball. What 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 are you going to look at and say? You know what? This has got to get better. Yeah, I mean, I think the offense has done enough to obviously put up the amount of yardage that they have. They've kind of figured out week to week. I think they've been great at making adjustments. You know, seeing what defenses are doing, and then not being so married to their weak script leading up to the game that they can't adjust. So I, I think the offense have been, has been fine. I think we've been seeing improvement from Jalen Hurts. What worries me is the pass defense. And I know you guys were talking about some of the machinations in the secondary with, uh, with, with the new addition. But I think that's the big worry for me right now is because that's where I see that the talent gap is, is the greatest. They just, they don't have a lot of star players or, you know, established NFL veterans in the corner slot and at safety and um they really struggle with linebackers in in pass coverage and so that's that's the area that i think they is most troublesome and and i think this week's matchup against the rams especially if cooper cup plays presents a, a real matchup problem for this team and that'd be my biggest area of concern is how do they get that right very legit concern and if you just want to break it down to the stats I'm forgetting the exact number off the top of my head, Johnny. You want to look it up quickly. The birds are somewhere in the 20s. Yards 27th against. in pass. 27th in pass defense. Last yeah. year, second in the National Football League. So when you drop from second to 27th out of 32 I teams. I think they were kind of, first. I, 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 were they I first? first? Second overall. First in second passing. Overall. You're right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty precipitous drop. So, yes, yeah. you pointed to secondary. And they, the Eagle defenders will say, yeah, but look at the injuries they have. True, but doesn't everybody in the National Football League have injuries? Don't you have to plug a hole basically on a week-in, week-out basis for your team in the National Football League? Or do you believe that you got to cut the Eagles some slack because they have had a couple significant injuries with Maddox being the biggest of it? I mean, when you're talking about slot cornerbacks, certainly you you had to kind of factor in Avante Maddox was going to miss some time this year, but I don't right. think you expected for him to miss the whole season. So, so there's that. And Zach McPherson getting lost early, in, late in training camp or late in the the, the preseason certainly, um, certainly w- w- was was what hurt. And you know, hopefully getting you know, I don't know like you guys whether or not Bradley Roby has anything left in the tank, uh, but I certainly would. I certainly feel better having an experienced veteran there. Um, maybe if he's playing with Slay and Bradbury, he doesn't have to be all world. He just has to be a little bit better than. Bradbury in the slot with Josh Job on the outside. Um, we'll see how quickly Roby can get acclimated to the to the defense and what Sean Desai wants to do. But I, I I give them I give them some leeway because they really haven't had the personnel to put together a really strong pass defense. But I think coming into the season, we knew this was a weakness. It's proving to be a weakness. I, I think Nicholas Morrow has been really good at certain aspects. Obviously, three sacks last week. I like that they're using him in blitzing schemes, but with him and Zach Cunningham in coverage, it's just a, a weak point in this offense. It was a weak point last year, too, even with the different personnel. Not as much of a weak point, but teams don't have to go after 
Slay. They don't have to go at Bradbury on the outside if they can target the middle of that field. And they've been able to do that. They've been able to get second and threes, a third and two, you know, too many easy third down conversions for, for offenses so far. And until they can kind of get that short up, I, I think it's... I think there is some blame to go there because they came into the season knowing that that was a weakness. All right. A little devil's advocate here, John, because I agree. I don't think the passing defense has been great, but I will, I will point out that um, they're generally playing from the lead or have been. um, So teams are going to throw more teams have not been able to run the ball on this team. So, you know, part of it is, you're going to have big numbers that happened against Minnesota. It happened against Washington, um, Tampa Bay. They didn't do anything, but you get my point. Sometimes the game, if you're playing from the lead, if you're good and nobody's been able, they're giving up 63 yards, I think a game on the ground. So if you can't run it, you almost have to throw it. And that's going to manifest itself into numbers. Any, believe that or is that just uh, a positive spin yeah I, I think in two of the games obviously you're talking about the vikings and the buccaneers that was the case the eagles had a pretty comfortable lead in both of those games and especially with minnesota kirk cousins racked up a bunch of garbage time yeah. garbage time statistics so a lot of that was there but in, in week one against new england that game was was close pretty much the whole game and uh last week against washington that game was was back and forth the whole way uh, you know, and you just look at that that late drive by by Sam Howell and the fact that they weren't able to get any anything, any turnovers, any interceptions from him. Sam Howell looked really good in that game. And I don't know what how much of that is Howell and Eric Bieniemy, and how much of that is the fact the Eagles just are having trouble covering people at the moment. And so it, there's a, it's been a mixed bag. I, I would say you're partially right. And I would say also that there have been times when you've needed this pass defense to to do something and and they haven't been able to get it done. And we're seeing you know, a lot of criticism with the Eagles edge rushers. And certainly that's warranted. They have not been able to get consistent pressure on the quarterback. Most of it's come from the middle of the defensive line, but offensive offensive coordinators know attack the middle of that field to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands in just over two seconds. And you don't have to worry about the edge rushers. And so there's just, there's too many guys open in the middle of the field, allowing the quarterbacks to have that quick release and get rid of the football. And that's been that's been the way you attack this Eagles defense, really going back to last year. Some offenses have been better at it than others. Sam Howell was really good with it last week, surprisingly. And we'll see what Matthew Stafford is able to do with it with his personnel. But yeah, well, that's yeah. what's scary to me is they just get rid of that ball so fast because there's so much middle of the field that's open. All right, before you jump in, Jody, because I want to hear both of you, because John brought up a good point. I want to bring up the scheme for this reason. Uh, Slay was on his podcast. Everybody's got a podcast. John's got a bunch <laughs> of them. I, with Jody and I have them. Um, Slay's got his own podcast. He was getting a little criticism. He didn't have his best day. So you know how Darius is. He wants to explain what's going on. And he was explaining the cushion because everybody hates the cushion. The mm-hmm. cushion. They want to press. They want to press. That's not what this defense is. I mean, if now we have it with Gannon. Now we have it with Sean Desai. That's the belief. That's Big Fangio. That's, you know, make people go 13 plays, 14 plays, 15 plays. Um, do people, do fans just, um, I, I my thesis is fans don't like the scheme, but they're blaming 
the coordinator, and maybe they should. They should. Because, He's got to take at least yeah. five yeah. later. But it. and and but my larger point is, they're they're they just don't like the style. Yeah, they don't like the style, and that's sort of the modern <laughs> NFL because the Eagles are like one of twelve teams that play this scheme. Um, so you think it's more they got to change from this scheme, or this is what it is, and they just got to get better at it. I would say, can we mix it up? Does it have to be one all the time or the other? Like if you're facing a third and three late in the game, is that the best time to give a cushion? Like, can we, can we use, (laughs) can can we do Vic Fangio's style of defense, which I agree. You'd rather give up a 14 play drive than a a big play, you know, make a team have to go the length of the field on you. And I'm, I'm fine with most of the time the Eagles keep the score low. I mean, they, they generally speaking works for them. But can there be situations where it's third and four that maybe giving seven, eight, ten yards of cushion in that particular instance isn't the wisest course of action? And not only that, you if you and maybe it's not possible to mix it up. Maybe you have a certain personnel grouping that it's just Im- impossible to do both, or like ten percent of the time you're you're playing press. And, and I get you know you you get personnel to match a scheme, and and it's sometimes a square peg in a round hole. I, mm-hmm. I get all that, but you can you know it's like a pitcher who has to mix up his his pitch arsenal. You know, third time through the order. All right, let's let's bring out the changeup. You know, it's sometimes throwing a changeup every once in a while at an offense can even if you're not that good at it can can rattle them. And so I think in a short yardage situation, especially in a big moment in the fourth quarter, when you really you really need to not give up anything, that in that particular instance, maybe throwing a, a, a change up in that spot would be would be beneficial. That's my only thing with with the, the the Vic Fangio style and playing back. Like sometimes it's not warranted. Sometimes just do something different and and, and see if that works. I like John's idea of just change it up once in a while not 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 change it drastically but just throwing a curve every once in a while agree with that number two but slay you came back big guy okay Uh, you can't be complaining about this scheme hasn't changed you've been part of this scheme now for years and you uh were out the door got released and then you resigned you decided to come back here so you can't complain you knew what you're coming back to okay darius I, i love slay as much as anybody but he's always got some kind of explanation and or excuse so I, i'm not buying that a little bit um john here's where i want to take you next uh go over to the other side of the ball offense um i did this on monday everything we ask about the eagles has to be comma but they're four and oh because we mm-hmm. got to point out what they can still get better at but you have to remember most important thing comma but they're four and oh jalen hurts rushing comma but they're four and oh <laughs> His rushing numbers are down significantly. Um, He's on pace to have less than 500 yards. He's rushed for 750 plus both of the last two years. Um, And the coaches are now actually addressing it and saying, yeah, we're telling him to protect himself. Yeah, we're telling him to get down. Yeah, we're telling him to slide, which I don't necessarily disagree with. They have a major investment in this guy. We saw Marcus Mariota play this preseason. That would be an issue. So Jason <laughs> Jalen Hurts staying on the field is kind of important. Here's where I get a little put off. When they signed the big contract with Jalen, the coach specifically said, look right in the camera and said, when asked about Jalen's rushing, why would I take away his superpower? Yeah. Well, that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking away his superpower. And it might be well advised to take away his superpower. I'm not saying you're wrong, coach, 
but you looked at us back in the offseason and kind of either you weren't looking far enough ahead to realize that, uh-oh, we might have to ask Jalen to run less, and or you just flat out lied to us. It's one of the two, Coach. <laughs> Which is yeah. it? And is it an issue? Are they making the right decision? If we all agree that Jalen is running less, slide. When did he ever slide before? He slid a couple times already this year. He never slid before. Is this the right thing for the Eagles to do, taking away, and I'm using the coach's phrase here, not mine, Jalen's superpower? Again, does it have to be all or nothing? And I think that's that's one of the issues that we're seeing with Jalen Hurts is I don't think he – I don't think he knows or he hasn't had he hasn't gotten the feel yet of when to push it and 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 when to get down. And I think he's I think that's part of the reason for his overall uncomfortableness in the pocket is he's he, I think he's a little unsure of taking off and running and exposing himself to contact. Now we we saw in the fourth quarter during that during that final drive where he did he he got pressured in the pocket and he took off and ran for 24 yards. That was great to see that it's still there. Right, because he's just kind of looked slow. He he's looked a little <clears throat> un, uncertain when running the yeah, football. See, you're the second one to say that this week. He looks slow. I don't believe yeah. that for a millisecond. He well, looked tentative. Yes, there's a yeah. difference between slow and tentative. I don't think he looks slow at all. But tentative, yeah. Oh, I'll sign off on that. And, and and I think on that on that scramble, you saw it. And I was like, oh, okay. He's he's not slower. He he still has it in there, but. There was another play earlier in the game where he was he was outside the pocket and all he had to do was beat like a slot cornerback to to get to the outside. And instead of getting getting past that guy, he just he just went down. Like it was as if he 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 didn't like you said, he didn't want to initiate contact or even even get involved in any contact. And he would not have taken like a strong hit from that from that slot corner there. But he just didn't he didn't want to engage. He didn't want to engage physically with that guy. And so I wonder, you know, are we are we going to see more Jalen Hurts running the football with authority? Maybe when the schedule gets a little tougher, when some of these really big opponents are are on the schedule, like the Niners and the Chiefs and the Cowboys, and we don't want to risk him early in the season. I get that. If you're going to play this way, stop calling designed quarterback runs. If if you don't want him to absorb any hits, then just make him a pocket passer for right now. And then if you want to unleash it in the second half of the season, when the schedule gets tougher, when we have a little bit more season behind us, I think, I think that's an understandable philosophy I don't think Jalen Hurts' running ability or his running are going to go away. It may be that they're going to pick and choose when they really unleash it. If that's the case, as long as they're winning games, as long as he's throwing the football effectively and, and the running game with the running backs is working effectively, I'm okay with Jalen Hurts playing the way he is right now. That being said, when the when those plays are there, like it was late in the fourth quarter, when he has to get out of the pocket and you have to get a first down, he needs to do what he needs to do to to get the first down and keep the ball, keep the chains moving. And that's my concern is that he's not sure when to do that. And that's affecting his decision-making in the pocket. And it's one of the reasons why he's looked a little shaky so far in the first yeah. four games. I like Jody's word tentative more than, yeah, I like that word um, to describe what's going on. You know, it, it's ironic because I think Jalen Hurts, John, is – you know, amongst the, I mean, it's tough to grade this, but, um, uh, you know, from a perspective of being around players, he does one of the best jobs I've ever seen about uh, closing out the outside noise. Mm -hmm. But, man, I think it still seeps through. 
I think he's very cognizant. He wants to play 17 games. He wants to be out there for every single game. And I don't want to compare it to Donovan McNabb, who completely changed his philosophy to prove to goop balls that he could do something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think Jalen's at that point, but I, I really think, you know, missing one game and missing two games is, is, is too paramount in his mind. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, why worry about that kind of stuff? Uh, I, I, do you sense that or, or am I off base? Well, I mean, if, if they're if if they're telling him to get down and not take hits, they're putting it in his head too. Like it's not a, it's not a Jalen Hurts thing. And when the coaching staff is telling you to avoid contact, to avoid taking the big hit, I mean, he took a big hit. Uh, what was it against Tampa, where he got where he got lit yeah. up and, and and fumbled in, in that yeah. game? Or with, no, it was in New England. It was against New England, uh, first game of the season, right? Where he got. Uh, where he we got took, yeah the fumble but he yeah. took a big hit in Tampa as well yeah but, no, nobody wants that you're gonna take big hits yeah. I mean but yeah. that's part of playing the position and that's part of what makes him so special so I I do agree like they that needs to be a part of his game and I think it will be and I, I think it later in the season he'll start to worry less I think about missing games if that is a big part of his mind you know we how often do we say it in football if you're worried about getting injured you're more likely to get injured because yeah. you are going to be tentative. Yeah. You are going to be uncertain. And you're going to find yourself in a position where you can get yourself hurt. So it's it's a, it's a, I get it. It's, it's a hard line to walk. It's tough to find that balance. Uh, I think you want Jalen Hurts to play instinctually. It, the more he's thinking about it, the less effective he's going to be. And maybe it just needs to become something that's he gets used to the idea of not running as much before he starts to feel comfortable with it. I, I think we're starting to see that he is feeling more comfortable in the pocket. He did look better last week uh, against the commanders, put up big numbers, passing the football, and he's got all those weapons. They got to figure out a way to get Dallas Goddard more yeah. involved in the offense. Yeah. But with DeAndre Swift running the way he is, everything else, they haven't really needed Jalen Hurts' legs just yet. My guess is there will come a week when they do, and he'll run. Speaking of uh, DeAndre Swift, I thought he was a little underused this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most questionable play they decided. And it, it wasn't a terrible decision. It just went absolutely no more, nowhere. It was almost disastrous. Third and 11 up the middle to Kenny Gainwell. Um, the coaching staff seems to have a confidence or a trust in Kenny Gainwell, more so than I do, because I just don't see Kenny Gainwell making plays. And yes, this is kind of a, a thing I can't get over. The fact that all offseason, people, ooh, Kenny Gainwell was so good in the playoffs. Kenny Gainwell was very good in one playoff game. He's great <laughs> against the Giants. Yeah. Didn't do much against the Niners. Didn't do much more. He might have done more than Miles, but wasn't great in the Super Bowl by any stretch of the imagination. So everybody's dying that one really good game against the Giants. Kenny Gainwell had to, he's the man. Are they overusing Kenny Gainwell and underusing DeAndre Swift so far? I'll tell you what, I think they're overusing Kenny Gainwell. I don't know if they're underusing DeAndre Swift. They certain certainly used him a lot in in um in in that second game of the season uh against uh, against uh Minnesota. And then they used him a little bit less against Tampa. Um last week I, I would have probably I think they did give up on the running game just as a whole uh a little bit of a little bit too soon. But you know, Washington's got a really good front four. They were doing a pretty good job uh, against the run. Where's Rashad Penny? 
Like there, who, where, what did he do this off season in the or in 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 the summer to to essentially become persona non grata here? As even I mean, even on the roster at this point, I, I you know all these things about Rashad Penny. You heard his average yards per carry, and he was going to be a big part of the offense. I would rather see him get some of these uh, some of these non DeAndre Swift carries because I don't want to I don't want DeAndre Swift necessarily toting the ball twenty five times a game. You know, I think sixteen to twenty carries a game for DeAndre Swift is a pretty good sweet spot for him. And I think he can get close to a hundred yards every week. If you're using him <laughs> in that way, what I'd really like to see is Deion is um, Rashad Penny get more involved if he's effective. And if not, why is he on the roster? Let's, let's find a different answer. Uh, Boston Scott, you know, Boston Scott can be a guy who can soak. I trust Boston Scott more than Kenny Gainwell in certain situations. So I do think there's a fascination with Kenny Gainwell that defies logic that defies explanation. I don't think Gainwell's a bad player. Like you said, he has had some good moments. I think he's, Okay, as a change of pace, but man, I don't want him out there. I don't want him out there in a in a on a drive when you're trying to go tie the game, uh, getting important carries on on second and third down. That's got to You got to have your best guy out there, and right now that's DeAndre Swift. And you got to explain to me why the other two running backs on this roster are getting essentially no snaps on offense too. Well, Boston had the concussion, so right. that's part of it. Uh, but yeah, he's the third. Rashad, I mean, it's pretty clear he's here in case somebody gets hurt. Um, he's, you know, uh, unless somebody falls off and if Kenny Gainwell loses that fumble, continues to play poorly, maybe they'll revisit it. Uh, but one thing, John, and this is everybody, and this maybe explains the fascination with Kenny Gainwell. He's. <laughs> And below average pass protector, mm -hmm. uh, and everybody else is awful. Think <laughs> <Make up> of a blitz. <laughs> They're all bad. Yeah. yeah, they didn't so, address that this off season. That and was that's a big deal. sort of a league wide problem. There are mm -hmm. so few backs who can pick it up. But I, it, it's you know, it's funny because PFF does like thirteen. They rate like thirteen different categories, and when they rate players, they do it by color. You know. The, and, and, and red is really bad and there's only like three red marks on the entire eagles roster and it's all pass protection from the running backs it's unbelievable yeah. i mean they've been really bad and rashad penny the one time he was in there he was terrible uh and i think that explains some of it but kenny's at least passable yeah uh, i would i would i would describe it as and maybe that explains it, but they also like him in hurry up situations. Um, and Rashad's not going to help you there. So it's almost like Rashad's like a good runner and he doesn't do much else. So it's hard to find a fit for him. Mm -hmm. Now, if DeAndre gets hurt and you need 20, 20 carries from somebody, maybe that's where he gets an opportunity. But unless that happens, I don't know if people would want him out there as much to be honest. Yeah. And, and maybe not. I mean, I just, with the running back situation as a whole, you know, they Rashad Penny was one of the first free agents they signed this off season. They obviously saw something in him, or at least maybe there's a disagreement between Howie Roseman and the coaching staff, as far as what Rashad Penny Ooh. brings to the table. I don't know if that's, if that factors into it at all either, but I will say this too. And, and this is, I've, I've never played, organized football so I'll, I'll i will totally take the l on this if this opinion is 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 off the mark and you guys can tell me if that's true or not but if you're in the shotgun and you're a running back and you're standing next to the quarterback how hard is it to see which linebacker or safety is coming on a blitz and just kind of get in the way for a minute 
I, I it's it, and I'm, I'm sure there's a level of difficulty to picking up the blitz as a running back that is over my head, but don't you just yeah. look with your yeah. eyes and see who's coming and and try to get in the way? Those for, guys, for a those second? guys are coming quick, John. I know, and they they're are, and, and you know what? They're not asked to do it at the college level. So so many are are just yeah, they're lost. And yeah, when you get oh man, when you get a, a Devin White, we'll say, and his athleticism level. And, you know, you can't replicate that in practice. So, yeah, I, that, that, it is a difficult job. But yeah. it is frustrating, you know, when you see somebody completely miss and looking the other way. Um, but, yeah, so they just don't do it at the college level. So mm. it, it's, it's not only an Eagles problem. It's, yeah. it's a league-wide problem. Uh, but I would say the Eagles are really struggling. With here's, that aspect here's of well I'll, I'll agree with john and i'll even ask him to look something up i don't know off the top of my head how good a blocking back picking up the blitz guy matt Breida is but i know he sucked on monday night and he almost got <laughs> Daniel Jones killed. 11 yeah. sacks yeah oh my god they were just yeah. running free at him and i don't remember matt Breida even getting in the way as you described it john once all thought so it is yeah. a little tricky it's not easy yeah. we'll give them that sure. much credit that it is i take that a skill yep. set yeah. uh and right now the eagles running backs are not displaying it but uh hey if they're in the red i guarantee you matt Breida was well in the red last week when the giants gave up 11 sacks <laughs> i you mentioned dallas goddard and you're right he hadn't had a breakout game at all first game one ball his way didn't catch it second game they threw it to him a lot they threw it to him like six inches over the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He had seven catches and 22 yards, which is almost hard to do. Make seven catches. And then and so few yards that he did. What's the difference? Is it scheme? Is it Goddard? Is it Hurts? The results have just been almost non-existent. Hey, good Why call, you... by the way, Jody. He was, he was in the red. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I know. I watched the game. I watched Daniel Jones get hit after time after I just time. Want, after time I after wanted time. to give you your props. I'm Thank sorry you for, for interrupting. Uh, and I just want to cut the Eagles running backs a little bit of slack. They're not the only running backs in the league who can't pick up a blitz. There are a whole bunch of them, as John pointed out. They don't teach you in college anymore, so why do you even ask them to do it on the pro level? I was asking you, John, Dallas Goddard, much reduced production. What's the mm -hmm. biggest reason? You know, it's that's a great question. I think if I think if the Eagles knew why, they would probably be getting him the ball a little bit more. I just think AJ Brown has been so productive in a lot of the ways uh, that uh, that Dallas Goddard over the middle. He's been you know making a lot of plays, but the Eagles the last couple of weeks have been kind of focused on stretching the field a little bit, and um, it, they've had a lot of success with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith down the field. I think, you know, you, you watch these games and, you know, you look back at, at the all 22 and they're just not on the same page, Jalen Hurts and, and Dallas Goddard. And I don't know if that's a product of the play calling, the new offensive coordinator, just sometimes you get into a funk with one of your guys and you're, you're, you know, Dallas thinks we're going to go left and, and Jalen kind of wants to lead, lead him a little bit to the, to the right. And, and you're just missing. You're just not connecting. And to be fair, Jalen Hurts, I don't think, was terribly sharp the first couple weeks of the season. I think a lot of this is probably on Jalen. I think Dallas has, has been open. I think Jalen's missed him on a few occasions. I think Jalen has been focusing on getting the ball to his star wide receivers. And why wouldn't you? Those guys usually win their matchups. 
And I think we saw, especially in the Vikings game, but we've seen a lot of teams drop a lot of guys into coverage and kind of blanket the middle of the field. And so there hasn't been a ton of space for Dallas Goddard to work. I think there's a number of different issues here. Again, you take what the defense gives you. The defense has been giving the Eagles room to run the football, and they've been giving the Eagles room to go over the top with, with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I think Dallas Goddard will get his at a certain point this season. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's just not there right now. Again, you can't complain too much. I mean, these, this team's putting up no. 350, 400 yards of offense every yeah. week. If it's not there, it's not there. Yeah, we, we've had that discussion a bunch, John, because they have two new coordinators. So, you know, we've asked that question of a number of guests. Who's, who do you think has done a better job? And I think it's mainly been the sigh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I got to tell you, I'm impressed by Brian Johnson. I might be the only one. But you kind of explained why when you're talking about, all right, sometimes change it up on defense. And I think Sean does more of that than Jonathan Gannon. But I think Brian, and we brought it, we alluded to it, the Minnesota game, they got six-man boxes, run the football. Mm -hmm. Um, Washington, you mentioned A.J. Brown. They got that poor Emmanuel Forbes on A.J. Brown. Um, just throw him the football. It, yeah. it, the, the poor kid had to delete his social media because uh, people <laughs> were so vicious to him, which I do not advocate. Yeah. But here's the numbers right now. Now, it's not a large sample size. You're a baseball guy, so mm-hmm. statistically. But it's starting to get more meaningful. They're fifth in total offense, second in rushing offense, obviously. But they're 12th in passing offense, mm-hmm. fifth in points per game. Ninth and third down offense, seventh and fourth down offense. They're top 10 in everything except red zone. They kind of bogged down in the yeah. red zone, which is fair. <clears throat> I, I think he's doing a good job. Now, he's got tremendous talent. But the reason why is because, all right, what I said, Brian Flores gave me six-man boxes. I'm just going to run it down his throat. Um, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio are putting a rookie on A.J. Brown. I'm just going to keep chucking it to him. I yeah. think that's good coaching. Yeah, and Eagles last week scored a touchdown on their opening drive, so obviously he had a good offensive game plan scripted for for, for the first drive. Uh, they've made really good second-half adjustments this year. And I think, you know, last year they were a big second quarter team. This year, I think they've done, they've been a big third quarter team and they've really adjusted really well to what defenses unique looks have been, they've been getting thrown at them. So, and I think he's played, I think he's actually called an egoless game for the Eagles here through the first four games. I mean, to, to just kind of put your creativity aside, you know, every offensive coordinator wants to put his stamp on things, you know, Oh, look at, look at this play call. Look at this unique design. Look at all Instead, no, no, if we just put the ball in DeAndre Swift's belly and let him run, we're we're gonna win this football game and just go ahead and do that. So I think I think he's been good. I think he's had some some play calls where you scratch your head, which not surprising. Uh the red zone struggles are definitely something that needs to get cleaned up. That's probably the biggest weakness for him right now is knowing what personnel to use in the red zone and how to get the ball into the end zone from inside the 20. They're getting a lot of touchdowns from outside the 20, but uh when they're settling for too many field goals here. Um, and there's just been some sloppiness, generally speaking, with uh, with the offensive line giving up some sacks, some some penalties here and there, a whole bunch of different things. I think on the whole, I'd probably give him like a B minus so far for his job as an offensive coordinator. And if you consider it's his first four games, you want to grade him on a curve. I could even see a B grade for 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 Brian Johnson so far. I think he's done fine. 
All right, I'm going to uh, give you a chance to play Howie Roseman for a second here, John, okay? All right. Trade deadline coming up in three weeks and change. <clears throat> um, let's say Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams, has some kind of brain aneurysm, and he calls you and says, listen, I'll offer you Puka Nakua mm-hmm. for Keely Ringo, who was drafted before Nakua was in this past year's draft, no upside, no everything. We know production to this point. One is second in the NFL receiving. The other one is can't get on the field in the National Football League. Redo that deal for the Eagles for their third wide receiver? Sure. I, I think absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, especially in the secondary, they obviously like Josh Job. They they obviously have other guys, you know, you can play at safety. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, whatever position Kelly Ringo would, would end up playing here in, in his in his NFL career I, I think the Eagles have some some options there some some other guys that they really like and and this kid for the this kid for the Rams looks like he's a real deal I mean he's it's it's kind of surprised that you know they've needed him with Cooper Cup out but Nakua to, to play the way he has um through the four, first four weeks it's one of the reasons the Rams are two and two and they actually right. could be three and one I mean they they've actually the offense has been better than I think anybody would have expected I I talked to um, uh, one of the writers for for SB Nation's Rams site, uh, Turf Show Times, and and he was very pessimistic about this team coming into the season. Overly pe- pessimistic. I was surprised how down on, on his paper. own team he was. <laughs> but so yeah, I, it's just yeah. and so they've looked better than I think anybody thought that they were going to look. Sean McVay's done a good job, and I think Naku is one of the reasons why. So yeah, I'm doing that deal because I. Uh, you know, with Quez and, and Zacchaeus has played really pretty well in in the time that he's made a couple of plays, but Nakua has so much upside. You you put him on the field with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, oh boy! They yeah, I would do get that. the ball. This is what I said to Jody yesterday, and you just mentioned it, John. They can't even get Dallas Goddard the ball. He's here. He doesn't <laughs> touch the ball. You don't even know who he is if he's yeah. here. One of the the major things is he's gotten an opportunity. By the way, with a high volume throwing quarterback as well if, if he was here you wouldn't even know who he is not not to say he might eventually turn into a player but he's not aj brown despite his numbers he's not Devonte smith he's not dallas goddard and as i said they can't get the ball to dallas goddard and yet i i think they will eventually my you don't even know who he is on this team so part of it is it's not a vacuum. He's not going to step in here and catch 50 passes because he's not going to have the same opportunities. And part of it is the Slay's age, um, Bradbury's age, long-term, they need outside cornerbacks. And yeah, do they like Job? Do they like Eli Ricks? Yeah. But if they were the bet on one of the three at this point, they'd still bet on Ringo being the best of that group. Um, I think it's a, Ringo's a good fit for an Eagles team because he's a developmental player that they might need one or two years down the line. Naku is a good fit for a Rams team that needs receivers and, and high octane, you know, passing offense with Matthew Stafford, but they're not a good team. 20 point score on a bad NBA team. That's how yeah, I describe see, it. Here's the only thing you're not factoring in, John. We're one turned ankle on AJ Brown. Well, that, from, yeah. From Quez Watkins being the number two wide receiver on his team. And, and I don't I, like that. 
And I don't well, like then that. Then you got to protect yourself against that. You got to have a safety net. And Pukanuku is my safety net as my third wide well, receiver. Yeah, but then we also got to point out why would Les Snead do that? He wouldn't. He wouldn't oh, no. have a brain. I said he'd have to have a yeah, brain he wouldn't have a to brain do it. I'm just saying my, my, but how, my... he, how he passed on him last year. Everybody else passed it on him all the way till the fifth round, too. I'm not just calling Howie on the carpet. It's one of those. Yeah. How the hell did Reed Blankenship go undrafted? How did Pukanakua get to the fifth round? I'm just pointing out if how he had the chance via yeah, a brain aneurysm my, my to point is, the draft my pick, point would is, he do it? My point is that roster building is a science, and role players are role players. Like, would I want a, a, a Pro Bowl-level guard to step in for Cam Jurgens this week against Aaron Donald? Yes. Um, is that realistic? No, because you can't have that type of player um, stashed on your bench uh, and if you do, uh, he's going to immediately be moving on or going in a different direction, or he's going to beat out the player. You can't have an all-star. You can't just assemble, okay, this guy's better than this guy and get the 53 best players. Yeah. I, I Mo Williams was a running back when I covered the Vikings. People may remember him or not remember him, but I think it was Mike Tyson who told me, you, you know, the old, saying he's not the first one but he said it about mo williams you can't win with 53 mo williams but you can't win without one of them you need role players mm. you need role players and Kalei ringo by the way for people disappointed in him he's been a heck of a special teams player and michael clay brought him up as one of the the, the reasons why britain covey has improved um in, in punt returns he's been a, a good gunner as well um I think they're happy with Kalei Ringo, but I think, you know, that's boring. Special teams is boring stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you could always go down. I think Aaron Donald, since it's Aaron Donald week, I think it was the 13th pick in the draft. So if you revisit, 12 teams made a stinking mistake. I'll yeah. tell you that right off the bat. Well, John, you say all the time here, how the hell did the National Football League let Carter drop down to number nine? Happens all the time. Yeah, well, happens all the time. You don't have a problem pointing out the other teams that made mistakes to allow the Eagles to do well, but you're no. going to give the Eagles a pass for not taking a guy. No, like my point. I'm not out. giving them. I'm not giving them. But I'm saying he does not even play on this team. So Neither what is the Kiwi point, Ringo? Yes, he does. He plays significant. Again, nobody cares about special add the, teams. Add the stats together. Who do you think plays more if if uh, if they got Puka Nakua next week? If he's going in as the third wide receiver, who plays more? Keely Ringo in his special team snaps or uh, Puka Nakua as their third wide receiver? I, I, I Kelly Ringo plays more because he's a four core four guy just by number of reps. Number of reps. The third receiver on this team gets no stinking traffic. You'd be ripping Puka Nakua on this team, Jody McDonald, because he wouldn't do a goddamn thing on this team unless unless somebody got hurt and maybe he turns into the same player he is and then you'd realize it. I'm not saying that. But he would not play on this team, period. He wouldn't play. He wouldn't play. So what's the point? What's my what, – what I, I, am I – Am I crazy, John? He's not playing on this team. Every situation is not the same. Jody, I think John convinced me. 
<laughs> no, I just I, I hear what you're saying about the role players. And, you know, we we're talking about having a running back who can pick up a blitz or, you know, when we were looking at slot receiver, you know, Zach Pascal was one of those guys that did a lot of the blocking dirty work last year. And that was one of the things like, oh, did they get a guy who can who can replace Zach Pascal doing that kind of work? Is is the key as a guy who can who the who can do that kind of thing? So those are the role type players that we're talking about. And I think those guys are important. I will say I think Nakua is gonna probably have a better pro career than than Ringo, but it's it's too early to say for sure. So it's it's an interesting question. I I think I'm leaning I initially was siding with you, Jody, but I think John John convinced me a little bit. Um, yeah, then, all yeah, right. I, I hope for it. both of your cases, AJ Brown or Devontae Smith never turns an ankle. Because when Same. when Quez is asked to step up in a big spot this year, <clears throat> save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'll be thinking of Puka Nakua. And it's all just a hypothetical question. And I know it takes off the whole streaming world whenever I do this and ask hypothetical. They're not getting Puka Nakua, so right. it's all no. just a th- thinking through several mental football steps. But I, I, I'd like to have a better third wide receiver option than what the Eagles have right now. That's that's my main point. All right, John, uh, do the Eagles get to 5-0 and this week and beat the Rams in L.A.? Yeah, I can't pick the Eagles uh, against the Eagles right now. I can't, I can't pick the Eagles. I can't pick against the Eagles the way they've been playing. <laughs> I mean, they're doing what they need to do. This team is – they're winners, man. I mean, despite all the noise and all the problems that they have, they – unlike any Eagles team we've ever seen, they find a way to win every single week. Like, they are they are a group that figures it out, and they will figure it out against the Rams. Uh, they'll yeah. I think they're going to be able to put some points on the board. Uh, we, if Cooper Cup comes back, we might see a big Cooper Cup game, but the Eagles are usually able to overcome stuff like that. So, yeah, I think they I think they beat Los Angeles and go to five and zero. All right, uh, so you got them five and zero, close, hanging the balance. Do they need the special teams player of the week to get it done for them <laughs> late again? Jake just keeps yeah, racking Jake. up these special team player of the week awards. Yeah, they'll need they'll need Jake, but I think it'll be something along the lines of like a 27-23. So yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be pretty close. All right, we kept you too long, so I apologize that you had to hear my rant. But no. at John Stolness, make sure you follow John on Twitter. You're right, you're a baseball guy, so two questions to end it. Uh, Phillies have a chance against the Braves, and the Eagles are 21 and 1, 957 winning percentage. That's pretty good as a baseball I'll, guy, isn't it? Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> I, if I could break out an Excel spreadsheet for you on that, but I think I think that sums it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phillies, Braves, though. You yeah, got a I like- shot. I think the Phillies win it in five. I do. Oh. I think I do. I think they're playing as well, if not better, than any team in baseball right now. And you look at the rosters, they match up against the Braves better than anybody. Johnny, yeah. always a pleasure, brother. We appreciate whatever you jump in. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks. You got it. Thanks, guys. You Thanks. Got it. That is John Stoneless here on Birds Three Six. In five, they're going to dominate, according to John. Um, who the Phillies? Phillies. He picked well, the no, Phillies five in five. Series. Yeah. So now there's seven game series. This is best of five. So if you win in five. Oh, uh, well, that's John. He said win in five. Yeah, three, two. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not paying attention to baseball, Jerry. And I give but you one other close. one. You kind of missed out on 
uh, Alameda Zacchaeus' snaps as compared to Kaylee Ringo's snaps this week, 61 to 25, Alameda. So the third wide receiver does play a lot more than a guy who's even a core four special teamer gets on the field. That's why. I yeah, well, emphasis. they did. They played 91% 11 personnel last week, um, which is a, which is a high. Um, but yeah, maybe I overstated that point of it, but uh, the, the, the larger point, which I didn't get with John, but I got with you. Um, they want the trait. They want to trade on the field to help AJ and Devonte, and one guy runs four three, the other guy runs four six. That trait is not there. I, I yeah, I can't make you uh, go my direction with, you know, it's not about just assembling. Is is Puka Nakua a better receiver than Quez Watkins? I'm with you a hundred percent. I'm with you 100%. It's not just about one, two, three. He's a better receiver. It's about how do you make things easier for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? Because those are your guys. Those are your traffic guys. The third receiver, whether it's Quez Watkins or Alameda Zacchaeus or Puka Nakua, they're getting scraps. They're getting scraps in this offense unless those two guys aren't on the field. Their job is to make things easier for A.J. Brown and and Devontae Smith. And that's why, and we'll see this week, because Quez was was a full participant yesterday, so he should be back. And if Alameda is pushing him, in theory, Alameda has been more productive but I think they're going back to Quez Watkins for the reason I stated. They're trying to make things easier when it comes to spacing and manipulating the defense for the two star receivers. It's not just about, you know, you you go get Adam Thielen, who's 33 years old. He's better than all of them, but he's not a fit on this team. I can throw 100 receivers out there that are better than Quez Watkins, it's not necessarily a fit on the Philadelphia Eagles. That's all I'm trying to say. John, I completely understand both yours and what you're portraying as the Eagles' philosophy. Here's where I get off the boat. If I'm a defensive coordinator going against the Philadelphia Eagles, if I'm a defensive secondary player going against the Philadelphia Eagles, Am I worried about Quez Watkins and his four, what's he, four, four and check? Make him a four-two speed four, three. guy. Yeah, four, okay. Three. Whatever you want to call him. No, but you said this. I'm not gonna worry about him. I'm gonna dare it. I'm gonna dare Jalen Hurts to throw the ball to Quez Watkins instead of AJ Brown or Devontae Smith. Yeah. Please that, have I, at it, Jalen. I remember you saying that last year. You just let him go. Just let him run by the defense. You're gonna get fired if you just let him go. Because he's already had, what, a 99-yard reception where he didn't get in. He's had long touchdowns. He can run by people. Um, and and if you're a defensive coordinator and you say that, oh, I'm not going to pay attention to Quez Watkins, all of a sudden he runs by you and right. you get the well, big play. Got, you you I mean, understand I'm not speaking literally, right? Well, I, I, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. That's You have to account for him. You have, that's, that's my whole point. It is hyperbole to say, don't pay attention. You have to account for him. 
that's that's what he adds to this team. That the fact that you don't want to, you you prefer to put all the 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 uh, attention on AJ and and Devontae Smith, um, but you can't and you can't and it makes it more difficult. And and as you condense things and but to a larger uh, uh, maybe a better example of my point would be when we were at Bijan 365 and I, I tried to explain to people now Bijan's a phenomenal talent. I'm not going to say he's not better than Deandre Swift or any other running back that they could bring in here, but he's not, it, it, you don't need him on this team. Um, they, they, they have trouble getting to the football, to the playmakers it's not fantasy football. We can't get the football on the Philadelphia Eagles to Dallas Goddard, who's a star tight end. Um, there's only one football. Now, if you lose A.J. Brown down the road and you want to go about it a different way, but there's only so much to go around. And the Eagles have literally, literally, last season, 10 of the 11 players on offense were either all pros, pro bowl selections, or at worst, pro bowl alternates. Uh, excuse me, it was nine out of 11. I'm counting Dallas because Dallas wasn't because he missed five games. That's the only reason he wasn't. Right. So it was 10 out of 11. Number 11 was Quez Watkins. You know, is he a good player? No. Is he an average player? And, and John brought up Zach Pascal too. They they guess what? They'd like to have Zach Pascal. They would. Are they you, would. Are, are you counting Miles in that group? Yeah, Miles made the Pro Bowl last okay. year. So they let a Pro Bowl running back walk away. Yeah, he made the Pro Bowl. I mean, I, I I hey, he made the Pro Bowl because of Jalen Hurts, because of the offensive line. But he made the Pro Bowl. Um but that's a perfect example of fit as well. Check out Miles' numbers in Carolina this year versus Miles' numbers in Philadelphia. Right. Uh, Puka's not having the same numbers here, it, it conversely, as he's having in Los Angeles, mainly because of the opportunity. Would he be the third best receiver on this team? I'm 100% with you, Jody. Right. He would and, be the third best receiver. That, that's my point. If you have a chance to get an upgrade, even though it's not theoretically as good a fit as Quez is, because that's all it is theoretically, because Quez doesn't actually catch all that many balls over the top and score touchdowns when everybody is so worried about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, as they should be. Um, yeah, I'm talking about improving a third wide receiver over your third defensive back who can't get on the field but is a pretty good special teams player that that to me would be an upgrade of the overall roster and give the eagles a better chance to win all right we went real long uh quickie timeout come back more birds 365 
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac here on Birds 365. We thank Johnny Stormus for jumping in. Scott Grayson, sports director, Fox 29, is going to join us coming up in less than 10 minutes now. Um, John, I did want to get your thought on this because we started the show talking about how good it was to be at Citizens Bank Park last night. The Phillies crowd, unbelievable. Eagles crowd on a week-in, week-out basis. Uh, I got one crowd question for you. Evan Neal of the New York Giants. Uh, who was a high first-round draft pick, number seven in the draft just a couple of years ago, and has, to be kind, struggled when you have certain expectations, when you're the number seven pick in the draft, and he has struggled mightily since coming into the National Football League. After the Giants got crushed on uh, Sunday night, um, he decided to take some shots at the New York Giant fans. And I'm not a big fan of the New York Giant fans. So I grew up as a Jet fan, which means there's a rivalry between Jet fans and Giant fans. There's a rivalry between Eagle fans and Giant fans. So I've never been a fan of the Giants fans, but I will come to their defense here. Evan Neal said, and those that are booing us are doing what? Flipping burgers and flipping hot dogs? Uh, Really? You just as a team gave up 11, count them, 11 sacks. And you're going to second guess the fans that are booing 
that's where you're going to go? His other line, which I love, why would the lion concern himself with the sheep? Oh, you're a lion, Evan Neal. No, I got a better word for you. Same number Not of letters. Lion would field. be four. Bust would be four. And that's what you've been in the league so far this year in your career here, big guy. Johnny, how do guys just not know how to handle their business? Well, I mean, they're very, they're very, look, I tell every player. Wait a minute. uh, Let me say one more thing. And I want your answer. This is uh, an Alabama guy we're talking about. So he was supposed to be schooled by Nick Saban the same way Jalen Hurts was. How does he let that rat poison into the locker room? That's a good point. Seventh overall pick. And he is from Alabama, so he should know better than most. I I tell all these guys, get the hell off social media. Um, now, it's easier said than done. Um, and I have tremendous empathy for players uh, because they take massive shit, Jody. I mean, sometimes we take shit. I mean, you know, people on, on the internet can be awful. I mean, let's be honest. Um, well, so he I was specifically, I, Johnny, he was specifically talking about booing. No, that's an at the game response that you but paid I, to I, get I, into. That's not ripping somebody to shreds on Twitter. He like was Emmanuel Forbes. Booed at the game. But what I'm saying is, it's not. You know, these guys go through this all the time. So sometimes frustrations boil over. Now you got to be smart. I'm with you 100. percent He's got to be smarter than that. You can't say stuff like that. So I'm not trying to defend what he said, but I do have tremendous empathy for players. They get pushed to it. Like this isn't about one game. He, first of all, he hasn't played well at all since he's come into the league. So he, he's heard this constant stream and I don't know the kid. I could be completely wrong. This is just my, I, I assume this was the, the straw that broke the camel's back and he got frustrated and he said some things that he and he already apologized and he probably was told to take it back, to be honest. But, yeah, I have tremendous empathy. We, we talked about Nate Gary uh, yesterday a little bit on the show. He came up with Mike Gill. You know, he got crapped on. Emmanuel Forbes had to delete his social media because he had a bad game against A.J. Brown. Alexander Madison had a bad game against the Eagles. He, he, he was called unspeakable things um, because he fumbled a football. Um, so I get it from both sides. Uh, these guys take tremendous criticism when they don't perform. And sometimes the frustration boils over, but yeah, you gotta be smarter. You gotta be smarter than that. And that's why I say, but also these are generally very young men and they've grown up in the social media world. They don't even know a world without social media. You tell them they not you know, unplug it. They're like, what? I can't do that. They're, you know, addicted to it. So I don't know how you fix it, but if every athlete, that would be my advice, get, get away from, you know, try to focus on your job and it's easier said than done, but try not to listen to, Hey, even us, uh, you know, forget about trolls on social media. Uh, you know, for all the Eagles that do listen to the show, and I know some do, they shouldn't even listen to the show, to be honest. Um, and I shouldn't be saying that, but I will. Uh, do you think we're unfair? No, not at all. 
I don't think we're and on. And I would not tell any eagle to not watch. Oh, I, 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 I'm just saying as a as a blanket policy. Oh, okay. Try to uh, eliminate outside voices as much as possible as a blanket policy. And by the way, that's what Nick Sirianni tells them every day. Now, hey, Slay's got his own podcast. Kelsey's got his own podcast. Right. You know, they're they're in both worlds. Um, so it's never going to happen. But especially with younger players who aren't performing, yeah, I would, I would, I would stay away. And John, while your advice is smart and great, it has almost zero possibility. To I happen agree. I agree with that as well. It, where do they come from? They come from college. And what is college now? Oh, I'll go you one better. What is high school soon to become? N-I-L. Name, image, and likeness. And you know how you get paid? By having social media followers. You know how you run that bottom line up a little bit more? Plug that product via social media. So these guys are actually making money from their social media platforms. So now you want them to just turn it off? You got no shot. Well, I know. I know it's got no shot, but I mean... Yeah, that's a societal problem. I could do a 16-hour show on NIL, and I, you know, that's bad. That is bad. By the way, I just saw today, Utah, every single one of their players got a brand-new Dodge Ram truck. This is Utah. Um, Boy, you know, you have all these holier-than-thou people saying, you're taking advantage of these kids, and and colleges are. They're making – an, an enormous amounts of money, then guess what? You know, get rid of college football, make it uh, a developmental league. But people don't want to do that because they want the tradition of Alabama and Ohio State yep. and Notre Dame and so on and so on. Um, can't have it both ways. Yeah, you, you know, if free education the way it used to be, or or don't. You know, let them go be pros if they can be pros. Um, yeah, they opened up a can of can of worms there, and the toothpaste ain't coming back. So you're a hundred percent right, Jody. But that is not a good. Uh, that is not good. a good. I just thing. said it was reality. Yeah, and that's why you're never going to get these players to turn off social media because it's it's a lifeline, and it's only getting bigger and wider and more spread going forward. Eighty five, so. by the way, I just looked it up. Eighty five scholarship football players at Utah. Remember, this is not Alabama, Michigan, Utah. Very good program, but Utah. $60,000 truck. And fell from the ranks of the undefeated. And they got the trucks delivered this week after a loss. They opened up the season with some impressive wins. They give them the truck the week that they finally got beat. Eighty, All 85 of them. 60 grand trucks. That's pretty good. Give them the nod, the the running Utes. All right. uh, You got a couple of non-Utes here. McMullen and McDonald hanging with you on Birds 365. We'll add another graying guy. Well, graying is better than non-existent for me and Johnny Mac. Uh, Sc- Scotty Grayson from Fox 29. Going to jump in with us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E A G L E S Eagles. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your birds, 365 Mac and Mac guys. Scotty Grayson going to join us in just one second. But quick response to our stream here. Uh, guys, again, crushing me for my hypothetical points of view. You know who else does hypothetical? The Philadelphia Eagles. In preseason, John told us it was for matchup purposes. That's why they did it. When they decided to move James Bradbury in and get him some experience in the slot. I think part of it was, hypothetically speaking, what happens if Avante Maddox gets hurt? Oh, guess what? Avante Maddox got hurt. Avante Maddox is done for the season. So it's a good thing that they thought hypothetically to get Bradbury up to speed in the slot just in case. So just for those of you who hate that fact when I go hypothetical, others do it too. The Philadelphia Eagles did it and got to benefit from it. All right, Scott Grayson, I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> you looking good, brother. How you been? Oh, a little tired after last night, but who's not, right? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Hey, come on, they got it over what in two and a half hours. What happened right. to four hours of pun it? What? Four hours of pain, four hours of death. What was the quote from last year? Yeah, um, it's like four hours of pain, something like that. Four hours, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Four hours of pain. Um, two and, and a half hours. Two... They got it over and done with last night. 
Yeah. yeah, I was a little surprised when I left the ballpark last night at what time, but I was like, oh, I, I mean, I thought it'd be like one, two o'clock in the morning. It was right. uh, not old quite school, that. like I said, you know, those Yankees Red Sox games from uh, 1999 are still going on. Yeah, right. um, so, yeah, baseball's changed in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a positive, by the way. Uh, those games were torture um, to get to the, the you know, especially when you start at eight o'clock, Scott, uh, which yes. is another thing, but seven o'clock starts. I advocate as well. Yeah. I'm all for that. The six forty during the season. is yeah. 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 Get out that, that's not going to happen either. So no. just like Eagles playing at one o'clock, yeah. uh, we got <laughs> yeah, one of those. Yeah, We're not getting many days. of this. Um, it'll be one o'clock out the West coast though, with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, a little bit better than I think people expected Scott. Um, Aaron Donald obviously is is first and foremost on everybody's mind, and it doesn't come at the best time for the Eagles because they lose Cam Jurgens for at least a little bit. Suo Peta, how concerned? What's your concern level that the Eagles can hold up uh, against one of the greatest defensive players of all time? And by the way, that's not hyperbole. No, I mean obviously he is uh, every bit the the legend that uh, is growing about him for sure, and he is a he is where I would start my game plan on offense in terms of saying okay we got to make sure he doesn't blow up everything we're trying to do right so right you're right about Cam Jurgens you're missing him so how do you cover up for that I mean that's going to be a lot of what Kelsey's going to have to decide at the line of scrimmage uh, how they're going to try to block him wherever he's lined up and what the plan is of attack there so. I think you're going to have to give help. You're going to have to be ready to chip at that guy. I also want to see some designed rollouts. I think the best way to mitigate some of that is is to get out and, and just design rollout to get away from where the pressure is going to come. Um, so I want to see if they'll get get Jalen to be a little bit more mobile out of the pocket in that way on a designed play with his reads downfield from there. Uh, I think you definitely have to – you have to definitely – sorry about that. Uh, you're gonna find Nick Sirianni's gonna pop in. I know, right? You you got to. uh, I think you definitely have to mitigate whatever he can bring, but you're gonna have to do that with running backs. You're gonna have to do that with bringing an extra lineman over to help chip. You're gonna have to whatever you can to make sure you can get the ball downfield. But frankly, I also want to see the running game is a great way to try to take away some uh, of what a pass rush gives you. So just stay away from Donald, Um, you know, because if you do that, I think you're gonna have an opportunity for success. All right. Will Nicholas Morrow have more sacks than the entire rest of the team combined this week the same way he did last week? You know, why was he getting those sacks, right? It's because the defensive line is doing their job. And and frankly, like to Sean Desai's credit, he did bring in a couple of blitzes along the way, which allowed Morrow to to, to get home. And uh, you see Hassan Reddick got home, which was great to see, too. I think he's going to start building some momentum. Um, but Nicholas Morrow, I mean, you got to love what the guy brings. He doesn't – you know, they always say, right, John, you've heard this, too, if you think out there, you're going to be too slow. And what you see Morrow doing right now is just reacting. Reed Blankenship's doing a lot of that, too. They trust their gut. They react. They don't stop and think about what they might be seeing in front of them. Um, and I think Morrow's doing a much better job of that. And so I, I'm excited by what he's bringing them at that position. Uh, and I think that's going to be one of the keys this week as well is, is, is bringing those blitzes at the right time. Cause look, what is Matt Stafford? Matt Stafford is not the most mobile quarterback and he's also a little banged up right now. So to me, the game plan has to be to get in there as best you can 
and, and make that guy have to move on that that bum foot and uh, really try to throw off of it as well. Uh, don't let him have time to find his his receivers downfield who are, may include Cooper Cup this week. So, um, but Nicholas Morrow has been, I think, a great find, and and I think the key is going to be to find ways to bring him at the right time on those blitzes with that pass rush coming in all different ways from the front four. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree a little bit, Scott, from this perspective, but I, I want to give Sean Desai some credit here because I gave Brian Johnson credit for this. Um, I think he's done a good job game planning for specific opponents. So, you know, against Washington, very young quarterback, very inexperienced quarterback, they blitz more than I have all year. I think that makes sense. This week, it's Matthew Stafford. He's seen everything. Um, and you mentioned the receivers, and, and Jody has has been talking up Puka Nakua, and rightfully so. He's been tremendous as a rookie. If Cooper Cup comes back, that's one of the best receivers in all of football. Um, and you have the 21th, 27th-ranked pass defense, you really want Matthew Stafford getting one-on-one shots with those guys against the Eagles secondary right now? No, I don't. But um, I will say, I think the I think the Patriots kind of put out there a little bit of the blueprint that the, the the Commanders tried to follow last week, which was get the ball out of your hand in two and a half seconds or less, and it doesn't matter what the Eagles do. And Matthew Stafford, you're right with his with his veteran uh, capability. Is able to he will be able to do that. He will. I think that's going to become more of a common thread against this team. Is these quarterbacks are going to look to get rid of the ball quickly. Well, I think you've got to try to make sure you can get them. To me, and I hear what you're saying. I think I think you're right about the the, the veteran uh, prowess of a Matthew Stafford. Um, but with Puka and with uh, you know with Cooper Cup out there, it was interesting talking to Slay yesterday. He 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 pointed out because of his history with Matthew Stafford, and he kind of hinted at something. He was like, you know if if staff's throwing you the ball, he likes you. Well, <laughs> I mean, if he's not throwing the ball, no matter how good you are, he doesn't like you. It's, and 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 he's pointed out that he must really like Puka and what he's doing out there for the, the amount of times he's feeding him the ball. I think it's by yeah. necessity without Cooper Cup there as well. But that being said, getting back to your point, I just want to make Matthew Stafford have to move right now at less than 100%. And if that means I've got to bring a guy up the middle to get him to move, then and and not be able to get rid of that ball in two to two and a half seconds because you know he, he doesn't have time yet to see his receivers break open or I just I'm not saying blitz as much as last week but I still want to see that be a part of the game plan because I really don't want Matthew Stafford sitting in the pocket and being able to pick it apart and you know? by the way Matthew likes Slay very much so maybe he throws it to Slay that's what Slay was asked about that and he yeah. said yeah he's like if he throws me one, I'm going to take it, but I, you know, <laughs> I don't expect him to give me a chance is more or less what he said. By the way, that's only Slay's second best quote of the week. Uh, did, you <laughs> see what, did you see what Slay said about A.J. Brown getting a random drug test? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did, yeah. No, I did not, but I did notice that in his locker after the game yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. A.J. Brown, for anybody on the stream hasn't heard this yet either. Um, A.J. Brown got a random drug test. That's why they call it random. You don't know when it's going to come. It's kind of at the discretion of the NFL and it pops up, it pops up and you got to take the test and you better go ahead and pass. So when asked about it, because AJ had to do it this past weekend after the game 
And could it have something to do with the fact that he made nine catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns? Well, those up on the grassy knoll, of course, are going to go with, oh, that's why they're testing him. Slay fed into it. His quote was, you put up drug test numbers, yeah. you get drug yeah. tested. Yeah. yeah, How great is that? That's yeah. just a phenomenal quote. I love, I love Slay. Uh, Slay yeah. is Slay's so much fun to talk to. Yeah, he, he is. Uh, tremendous uh, teammate as well. I, I've said, bro, I don't think people realize because sometimes I've said it on the show a lot, Scott. Sometimes Slay comes across as goopy and not serious. And he, he, he obviously tries to lighten up the, the mood for everybody, but he's a great teammate, man. He, he, well, you, he, you're right. he, and- he rides and dies with his guys. And that even guys like Matthew Stafford, who, He's been talking about – he's one of the guys when I – and Jody can tell you, I've been a big Matthew Stafford fan for years. He was great in Detroit. People didn't realize it because the lines were, a, 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 you know, a disaster for most of his time there. Slay was one of the guys who told this guy's freaking good, man. Um, he, he, he really, really sticks by his teammates. I, I, it's, it's impressive. I will say well, that. You, you know, you got a sense of that even with the uh, the back and forth he had with Jake Elliott after the game in the locker room about, uh, you know, second best athlete on the team. Yeah. Uh, Everything's – everybody's he, second he best. Right back to him, you know, yeah. he's like, I'm, I may be second best, but I'm not number two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's it, – it, you're right. It. And that just went to show, like, you, you know, because sometimes those kickers and they did just a place in their own little box and they're left, yeah. you know, alone. But it's Slay, you got that sense genuinely that that's not the way Slay feels about him or anybody else in that locker room. All right. I already got everybody annoyed at me today because of my hypothetical. So I might as well annoy Scott Grayson, too. Um, quiz for you, Mr. Grayson. There are four players in the National Football League so far this year that have scored at least six touchdowns. Can you name any of the four? At least six touchdowns. Well, you, be, you tease with hypotheticals. Be thinking Miami 70 points. Yeah. Tyree Kill? No. I'm the, oh, M- Mostert. Mostert is one. He's got seven. Former Eagle, by the way. Stay Former with Eagle. running backs in Miami. Uh... Devin Atkin? What, what's the young Devon, kid? I was told it was A-Chain, and then A-chain? somebody said Tell afterwards me. it's uh, A-Chin, or A-Chin, yeah. not A-Chain. He corrected everybody's uh, pronunciation of it. The other one is Christian McCaffrey, who right. might be the best yeah. player in the National Football League. And one more is Kyron Williams. Oh, oh yeah. Running back for the Rams. He is one of only four guys in the NFL who has six touchdowns. Are we underselling the fact that the Rams might be able to have a balanced offense this week against the Eagles? Well, it, it's a good question because the commanders were able to do a better job on the ground than anybody else had against the Eagles in previous weeks. Uh, but, you know, the run game, the, the run defense is not something I, I, I mean, I, I'm really too worried about. Uh with this defensive line with Jordan Davis, the way he's playing Jalen Carter, the way he's playing Fletcher Cox. I know he's, you know, on the injury report this week and and we'll see what happens with him. Um, but he seems to have been having a resurgence. Then you talk about like Nicholas Morrow, if he's not blitzing, he's in there to come in as a linebacker. 
I'm not really worried about the run defense here. I'm more worried about Stafford and company outside than I would be about uh, Kyron Williams. Now, I bet teams before them thought that way uh, that played the Rams, and that's why he's had the success he's had. Uh, and that's certainly something you want to keep an eye on. But uh, I trust this Eagles run defense. I really feel like that's that's where they really need to, to – I think that's where they build their success from. If you can take one part of the game away like they did in the first three games, it makes it harder to do the other part. And and I just I, – I, I, I'd like to think they're going to be able to establish that run defense – uh, and make the Rams beat them through the air. Now, shame on me, because we're about 98 minutes into the show, and I haven't brought up Fletcher Cox yet. So um, he had an epidural uh, this week uh, to deal with some back issues. May not play this week. We'll see how things progress. Um, if he does miss any time, it's only supposed to be a game. But Fletcher's played pretty well this season for people who haven't noticed. Mm -hmm. um, and all of a sudden, Marlon Tui Pelotu shows up on the injury report with the triceps. Um, and we've talked about the Eagles' depth inside. They still have Jalen Carter. They still have Milton Williams. They still have Jordan Davis. They're better equipped than anybody else to handle uh, losing some people, even Contavious Street. We might see more Contavious. We might finally get to see more over Jomo. They have so many defensive tackles. You can keep going and going and going and going. But running game, no Fletcher Cox, no Marlon Tui Pelotu. Does that make you a little bit more wary that 63 yards a game turns into whatever they gave up against Washington, about 100 could continue going into a negative direction? It's something you don't want to overlook, which is why I mentioned Fletcher on the injury report, John, because he has been having a better year. And I think a lot of that has to do because of the young guys who are demanding more attention. For, for years, we were talking about Fletcher Cox getting double, triple teamed, right? Yeah. He, you know, and, and now I think the other guys are getting the attention to where Fletch is a little more able to move. Uh, and be a part of it. I, that's why I think he's having a great year. I think he's, you know, getting all the success he deserves. Um, will they miss him? Sure. Uh, and but but to me, the problems against the Commanders and why that defense was on the field longer than it should have been because it couldn't get off the field. The third down conversions were a problem. The two for two on fourth down were a problem. The penalties called it were admittedly by several players after the game ticky tack. Uh, allowed drives to continue. Commanders got five first downs by penalty. Um, those are ingredients for allowing a team to stay on the field and wear you down. The Eagles this week, with the potential of not having some of those guys in the middle, I mean, the recipe for success is do what you do and then get off the field. Don't let drives linger. Don't you know allow yourself to get worn down and get tired. And frankly, I think the offense as well needs to do some more time of possession control, allow your defense to get rest and be able to stop that run up the middle with those guys that may not be there. You know, you're going to lean on the other guys a little more, right? So is it a point of concern? It's something you want to watch for. certainly something to watch for with the inactives uh, on Sunday, an hour and a half before when that comes out. But you're right. They do have depth there. They do have these guys who are chomping at the bit to get their turn. And frankly, you mentioned Milton Williams. I like watching him play. I think he's definitely, you know, one of those guys that's kind of rising up a little bit and having some success. Um, so I think there's opportunities for those other guys to step in and, and show why they were kept here and 
uh, and the key pieces in depth that they need to be. Again, I, I'm not as worried about the run defense this week. I just I seem to be more concerned about slowing down Stafford and company in the air. No, I, I think that's fair, by the I, way. I want to ask you about the Rams running game. We did. Uh, I want to ask you about the Eagles running game in this way. And we touched on it earlier in the show. Jalen Hurts was asked, has his mindset changed about him running the football? And his answer was one word, nope. When asked about it, both the offensive coordinator and the head coach have said, oh, yeah, we've talked to Jalen about being more smart and more protective and to go down when necessary and to slide. So we're getting a little conflict of answers here. Jalen says nothing changed. The coaches admit, oh, yeah, we asked them to change. We can see with our own eyes through four games and just by crunching the number. Even if you didn't watch the game and you just looked at the box, you go, oh, he's not running as much as you used to. If you watch the game, you've seen the slides. You've seen the give-ups. I'm not saying it's wrong. It might very well be right. But why the disillusionment uh, between what they're saying, does it matter at all? Is this something, and I said this earlier too, uh, Nick Sirianni, when asked when Hertz signed the contract, oh, he's going to run less? Why would I take away his superpower? Well, you're taking away his superpower. Hey, come on, Nick, you've admitted to it. Why the disconnect with Jalen Hurts and his running game? Yeah, I, I guess I'll start with the, I'll trust my eyes more than I will anything that any of them say. And my eyes tell me, Jody, like yours, he's going down easier. He's not taking on contact. Um, you know what, though? I respect that. There's enough weapons on this offense. They shouldn't need him to have to do that. Now, is there a play in the game? Is there a key conversion that could come up where he's just got to maybe go try to get that that uh, and take some contact to get that first down? Yeah, and those are the spots where I want to see that, as you pointed out, superpower emerge. Um, I get, you know, if I were a Bills fan, I would be absolutely floored at how much Matthew or, uh, Josh Allen looks to take on those hits. And it's unnecessary uh, for a regular season game at times. Again, there are moments in a game where you may need to, to call on that. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. That's a, being a competitor, being a gamer. But, yeah, you sign that contract. We see what Jalen Hurts' value is to this team. You know, I don't think it's wrong for him to – go down and avoid that contact. In fact, I like it. Run out of bounds two, three, four yards short of the marker. Unless it's a key third down they need to get that on. You know, that's where I need to see Jalen put that in. It's not as effective as it was last year. His his threat of running the ball, I think teams have picked up on, is not what it was last year because he's choosing not to, and the Eagles have chosen to make that a point of emphasis. We're in week four, week five now. Um you know, as you get later in the year and, the, you know, then maybe you start to do it in playoffs for sure. I would expect to see that become. But I also feel like teams are defending it better. I feel like there are linebackers that are yeah. um, reading it better. Uh, and I feel like they've got spies more often than not that are staying right with them and not biting on the RPOs. Their assignment is to stay with Jalen and they aren't moving. So I think that's also a contributing factor. Uh, but. Um, you know, I just want to see Jalen when it needs to. That's when you do it. But, man, I, you know, I've seen Josh Allen so many times take those hits. I don't want to feel like that watching Jalen Hurts um, in the, you know, early in the second quarter on a drive 
take a hit where you go, oh, is he getting up from that? Um, I, I don't think anybody here needs that, and I don't think the Eagles need to put him in that position. They have enough around him that they shouldn't need to worry about that. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. It, you know, last season, um, people came in to the year saying, Jalen Hurts has got to beat us, you know, let him, let him beat us this year. It's the exact opposite. We can't let Jalen Hurts beat us. Um, and I think that's the difference. I really do. Um, you mentioned all the spies, everybody's playing zone coverage. All eyes are on the quarterback. So the minute he moves, you got that spy bang, he's right there. Um, you know, as the Eagles deal with it better, maybe that changes as the season goes on, but I think it's, it's that simple. People are saying, all right, somebody else has got to beat us. And that's the beauty of this offense. They haven't even gotten a Dallas Goddard, Scott. Right. And I was talking to Dallas yesterday and, and just kind of asking you, does this team have, does this offense have an identity yet? Um, is there it's still a work in progress? And he said, it's a work in progress. And I think that's true. And he hasn't been featured yet, right? And I think, frankly, we're starting to see what this offense will be. It's that Dallas gets four to five receptions a game. That's probably what it's going to be unless somebody finds a way to shut down both Devontae Smith and, you know, A.J. Brown. Um, but, you know, they have the ability to be – I think that's what they do. I think early in games they just sit back and say, how are you trying to beat us? And then we'll alter around that, which is why the running game suddenly, you know, took off because teams were trying to shut down the the receivers outside. And and, you, and that goes back to it. You don't need Jalen Hurts to run the ball when you've got DeAndre Swift – um, and even I think Kenny Gainwell's coming along. I think he's going to improve even more um, because of of what he sees Swift doing. I mean, the the, the running style of, of DeAndre Swift is impressive. He's patient, he gets in the hole, and the vision in the hole is what really gets me because he can cut one way or the other and see where that's going to be. Um, I think if Kenny could even pick up some of that, uh, it's going to make him even better. But, yeah, I, I you know, the Dallas Goddard game's going to come. He's going to have his 7-8-9 catch game. It's coming. Uh, because as teams continue to, as AJ Brown goes off, you just know they're going to have to start paying more attention or doing things to allow him not to be the guy that goes off, and it just opens up. I think that's yeah. what the identity of this offense has to be: is a roll with the punches offense. Whatever you throw at us, we can ad- adjust and, and beat you in another way. Last they one. have what they need, and they just need to use it. Last one for me, Scott. Uh, and I started this on Monday. That knew we were going to be breaking down certain aspects of the Eagles where they haven't yet achieved the standard they're looking for. But as Jalen likes to say, keep the main thing the main thing, comma, but they're four and oh. This upcoming week, is it going to be the same thing here on Birds 365, comma, but they're five and oh? Are they going out to LA and getting win number five? Yeah. You know, I do feel like it's going to be one of those gut wrenching kind of games. Uh, I, I, you know, I think I saw they were a five-point favorite. I don't know if they still are. Um, I, I, I feel like I would take the Rams plus five. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, I just feel like Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, the return to Cooper Cup. you got to imagine what that's going to do to that locker room if he does come <laughs> back um, to know he's out on that field. I, I just feel like this is going to be a bit of a grind. We talked about Fletcher Cox maybe not being in there as well. Um, you know, you're still going to have to, I don't know that you're going to have Roby ready to go here this weekend. So you're probably going to have Bradbury in the slot more, uh, again. Um, 
to me, it just feels like they're going to have to grind it out. But that being said, because this team has won in so many different ways, because they've overcome adversity and still, as you pointed out, been 4-0 without playing their best football or anything really even close to it, yeah, I kind of feel like they do come out of here 5-0. and But I feel like you're going to leave going like you did yeah. last week. A little bit of an exhale. Right, here's, here, now, bigger prediction, and it's at S. Grayson Fox 29. Make sure you follow Scott there. Does a tremendous job with our, our buddy Breland Moore and everybody else at Fox uh, 29. Um, this is about 70,000, I think, uh, for football in SoFi Stadium. How many of those 70,000 are going to be wearing green? Uh, that's a great point. Uh, you know... Uh... Boy, I'd love to go half, but I don't know it'll be quite that high. I think they're trying yeah, to get those. It's, it's a popular road trip, as you brought up, yeah. John. Uh, everybody loves to go to L.A., and there's a lot of fans out on the West Coast. You know, some of my friends yeah. that I've kept in touch with. Yeah, they're sport. willing to give up their tickets, those, yeah, yeah, the Rams they fans. They are. You're yeah. right. That's a great question. It's going to be interesting to watch what the sound will be But like. wait, John, they're 2-2. Two and two. They're actually – no, the Rams. Uh, yeah. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. But that'll be fun to watch. You know those trips when you get on the when you get to the you get your first sense when you get to the airport oh to get your flight yeah. and you see how many fans are on that plane. Yeah, uh, how many go yeah. birds? How many people recognize me? I try yeah. to. I got the hat. You know, I'm not Scott Grayson, but I got the hat. I gotta believe you try to fly incognito. I do. Put that hat oh, down and yeah. yeah. He, he tries to hide it. It doesn't work. <laughs> Hi, Scotty G. Thank you very much for coming on. We'll get you back in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it, big guy. All right. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, bud. Scott Grayson here with us on Birds 365 on almost every single site. Eagles, four and a half point favorite. Not quite the five that Scott said, four and a half. But that's on the road, flying cross country. Uh, It tells you a little something, something. Vegas is giving the Eagles their props. Not every sports website in the world with their power rankings is giving the Eagles their props. And I'm I'm, so 70. I'm saying more than 30. You're you're saying... 50%. 50%. Over 50%. Over 50%. Can, the, the beauty of that is, afterwards, you can say whatever you want. Oh, I could tell. It was, yeah, that, well, uh, that's true. Unless I, it's, I mean, it's no, like nobody's I mean, there or it's 85%. Now, anything in the middle, you can say. It was 51%. It was for, 49%. You can make the argument either way. That, there's a lot of, I mean, Pittsburgh, I remember, went there and took over. San Francisco, it's much easier, but they completely take over. Um, everybody takes over that stadium. So Eagles fans take over stadiums, you know, that other people don't. Uh, I can't imagine they're not going to take right. over that stadium. And you, you're there for road games much more often than I am, but I've been to some. Um, where I tried to get a gauge just looking at the house, and I thought it was about 25, to th- maybe one-third Eagles fans. Then the game starts. Then you judge volume and it's still louder. The Eagle fans yeah. are louder than the home, even though they only got one third of the crowd. Not only do they. Well, here's well, my prediction: the Rams got to go to silent count at some point. Ooh, yeah. that tells you something. In, yeah. in your house, you got to go to silent count. Yeah, the other team's fans have pretty much taken over your building. At right, McBall and I'm McDonald. Come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds Three Sixty Five.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Johnny Mac, we got to do a quick wrap here. Uh, what's going down today? Uh, any further upgrade on injuries, you think? Will they get a full participant? We have a better uh, gauge as to whether Mr. Roby be ready to go by Sunday. What do you think you get today? Uh, I, I'm not expecting Roby to play this Sunday. That was kind of the, the thought process coming in. He, you know, he's got to get back into football shape. Uh, I think they're earmarking. Uh, the Jets in a week. Um, I don't know how much that makes a difference, to be honest, but I don't expect him to play this week. Um, you know, Bletch is probably the biggest one to see where he's going to be because there's um, he's going to try to play this week. Um, and then Sidney Brown, because he's limited. I think Justin Evans was already full, so he's on, he's on track to be back. Uh, but Sidney's limited, so... As he continues to go during the week, and that'll be big because I think you got to get through one more game with uh, the slot plan that they have, which is Bradbury and Sydney. Um, and either way, I don't think it's a great matchup this week. If Cooper Cup can play, and there's no guarantee Cooper Cup's going to play, um, they just started his practice window. He wants to play, but. Yeah, they might be cautious as well. It was limited in practice yesterday for the Rams. And if Fletch misses the game, 
Fletch has only missed last game of the season. Sit down, take the load off. Don't worry about it. We're going to the playoff games since 2017. Last time he missed a game. And we're in 2023. He's been a bit of an Iron Man for the Eagles. So give him his props. All right. We're back again tomorrow. Earlier this week, we had a Mike and Mike show. Both guests were Mike. We got a big D show tomorrow. We got a couple of D's. Andrew DiCecco and Paul Domwich are going to join us. Johnny Mac, you back tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, let's uh, first hour. We'll, we'll see about second hour. Got to go down to second hour yet. Okay. Uh, so at least at the start of the show, it'll be Mac and Mac together again in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.